Welcome to the Arena Eclipse Podcast. I'm Gary Thompson, joined by Brian Gottlieb, and it is time for part two of the set review. With uh, it's actually part three. It's part three. Well, it, part part two of like let's look at the full thing. I I would support your naming convention, but I named the podcast when I sent in the description, the last one we did, part two. So this by default Uh, has to be part three. You no longer have control over this. But if we want to get technical, it's like part four because we did like the initial wave of previews, right? So like... Yep, we could do that. that, That's kind of why I feel like you're you're off here, but whatever. Uh, This is going to be the last general roundup of cards before we do a top 10 show and i started thinking about my top 10 list brian did okay. you at all a little bit a little bit just like thinking back what we've talked over so far and you know looking over these cards we're going to talk about today and i wouldn't say i have a fully formed top 10 list but there's some thoughts brewing okay okay it was, what is it what was is your it? overall perception of like the power level of this set because i was kind of shocked to hear people see this as a low power set which i i really don't think is the case i think it's low power but a lot of the cards are good Okay. How do you reconcile those two things? No, it's just it has a lot of playable things. Okay, so a flat power level is a more accurate way of saying it. Yeah, I mean... Like flat I, I think, at good. Yes. Okay. I think that there are certainly some outliers to that, but lower on the scale, I, I would definitely say, yeah. Okay. This is not a weak set. But no. maybe weak compared to the last few, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I would concede that. I, it's just weird. Like if you talk about weak sets or, or like when you say, you know, when you take the time to call out power level, I feel like it has to be sort of an outlier and something that is uh, either on the high end or the low end. This just seems like a good old magic set to me, right about where it should be. Yeah, and that's the thing too is I I would not cite power level for this set as a way to determine like whether or not it's good or bad or mm-hmm. anything. Uh, the fact that there are so many playables, and this is another one of those sets where I'm, I'm making a top 10 list, and it's pretty easily going to be like a top 20, you know, yep. and then cutting down from there. Uh, like, this this is where it's supposed to be. I think so, IMO. yeah. Yeah, so, I agree with that. I guess, yeah, if you want to say this is a weak set by whatever metric, that metric is probably based on the last few sets or whatever. That is, that's fine. Weak does not inherently mean bad. And also this is only weak by comparison, but like mm-hmm. compare this to like the uh, Innistrad era. I was just thinking about that today. Whereas like, there are just so many sets in a row with just no playables. Yeah. Much. Yeah, there was. And, and uh, this is a behemoth in comparison. Right. And if this set had released, on, on the backs of those sets, it would be like, oh, this is like the most powerful set of all time. Yeah, so huge like, step up, for sure. Saying all that stuff without context is kind of silly, and I, I don't want to say that this is weak as in it is a bad thing. Uh, this is a, a good set. Uh, maybe maybe not as like actually exciting for me personally as like, I don't know, the, the last couple or whatever, but like yep. this is still really good. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm down a little bit, but not in the dumps for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to just get into it? We have, we have more cards this week than we did last week. So. Yeah, we better hustle then. Because I'll tell you, uh, apparently, well, it's it's Easter today in Auckland. But the bar outside the place where we're staying is showing a UFC fight right now. So, it's you know, it's your Saturday evening. I assume that's prime time for UFC in the States. And yeah. uh, the, the UFC jackals are out and they are 
uh, amped up and cackling. So it may it may get loud at some point outside my windows. Cool. So we better grind out these magic cards before punches right. are thrown and there's there's brawling out there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, unleash your your new raccoon brawler friend on him. Right there you go. I'll straighten All this right. out. On to the red cards. First up, we have Blood Feather Phoenix, 1R, 2-2, Creature Phoenix, Flying. This can't block. Whenever an instant or sorcery spell you control deals damage to an opponent or battle, you may pay R. What? Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I threw up a little bit in my mouth. Keep yeah, going. you just you, oh, it's just with this set, man. I mean, it might be that way going forward. I, it seems like it would be that way going forward if battle is a card type, but continue. All right, instant or sorcery deals damage to an opponent or battle. You may pay R. If you do return this from your graveyard to the battlefield, it gains haste until end of turn. Uh, recursive Phoenixes, uh, just get that camp block text. Don't want any nether spirit action going on here. Uh, yep. What are your thoughts on this thing? This is really easy in spots where you want it. Like uh, if you are playing a burn deck, which I mentioned, there are quite good tools for burn being put into standard, but we can even go back and talk about things like this card's interaction with gut shot or you know any recursive means of doing a little bit of damage to your opponent it's pretty easy if you want to set up around this to just get a lot of buybacks on your blood feather phoenix and you know two two flying body that's fine it's not setting the world on fire i think it's got a playable front side where you just play it for two on turn two a two two flyer can do some work in aggressive red deck so that's good um usually the key with something like this is like is there some kind of loop or setup that you want to use here? Because it is interesting. Like, this is pretty constant. There's no limiter, like, at the beginning of your combat phase. If you go back to Arc Light Phoenix or anything like that, you just you do some damage. You have the option to pay this trigger. And if there's some way to sacrifice this for benefit and get damaged that way, maybe there's extra value you can wring out of Blood Feather Phoenix. I think uh, just facially playing this fair, this is lower on the Phoenix scale, but a playable card in standard for sure, and maybe abusable in other contexts if you can find the right pieces. Yeah, I'm not looking at this outside of standard very much because it does seem fairly weak. And you mentioned how there's like not really a limiter. I mean, like the the paying mana is definitely a limiter, right? Uh, things like... Flame Wake Phoenix did see play in very specific contexts, but it was clearly not as good compared to something like Arc Life Phoenix, where you just get to like do your stuff and bring it back and not have to pay a cost to do so. But this in just a red aggressive deck where in the mid to late game, you know, they've your your mid-ranger control opponent is like dealt with your battlefield position and everything. And yeah. You just like shock their face and like get like an extra two tacked onto it from the Phoenix That's or sick. more or more. To, yeah. yeah. Multiple Phoenixes. Uh, I, I think that all of that is pretty great. And combining this with like Gutshot or Lava Dart, like it's cute, but the, the mana is a really big limiter for those decks, especially dude, if you're talking like, uh, you know, Gutshot, you're talking modern. And then that means that uh, like, if you've seen these, you know, red prowess decks i was gonna say is it but like they don't even really have to be is it anymore it's for just sure like, yeah i i wouldn't like try and add this fair i think it has to be some scenario where like sacrificing this four times in a turn unlocks something for you and that mana is no longer a limiter i, I don't think it exists it's just interesting like sure. it, it feels like a unique way to set up these type of cards yeah it's true but i 
I, I just mean like in those decks between like Underworld Breach, Iteration. There's a lot of ways uh, to do this already. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen the versions that have Reckless Impulse and Light Up the Stage. Just so many different ways to use their mana while also still keeping their like average mana value at like 1.2 or something. So I, I'm not really looking at this in older formats, but I do like this in standard. But I will also say that there aren't a ton of burn spells that actually go to the face besides the good ones that we talked about last week, like play with fire and lightning strike. Uh, yeah. Stoke the flames, the other one coming in, but true. Uh, yeah. That did not really factor into my calculus. That's a big deal for sure. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, think, and I, I guess, think if you have three solid burn spells, you have a lot of sal- solid burn spells. Like that is a yeah. Stoke, huge amount Stoke of options. changes it a lot. Um, actually, let me look up. And the festivities, yeah. And the festivities is is each opponent also. And people were kind of playing that uh, I, for reasons. I think a lot of it was they would play like mechanized warfare in their mm-hmm. deck. And that's fine. But like if you're really stretching for more face burn, this this is a thing. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of it in present standard. It's an interesting thing that has not been in standards as of late they they really took a lot of steps to minimize that and uh you know almost surprisingly so because you think about sort of historical archetypes and magic like burn your face has been around for a very long time and they seem like they really wanted to get away away from that and emphasize creatures a lot more as the tools that red decks use this is kind of taking off those limiters a little bit i think the arena launch when there were a lot of struggles with best of one being like the only ladder format and everything yep. and that red burn deck was the best like one of the best decks in standard and certainly the most prevalent on ladder because it sort of abused the the best of one notion of things absolutely and yeah since then they just moved away from uh face burn yep. by a decent amount and i i think maybe some of that was like okay we're designing for best of one now and, and stuff like that but who knows yeah, that initiative has come and gone. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next up, Into the Fire, 2R Sorcery, choose one. This deals two damage to each creature, Planeswalker, and battle. you love to see it, Brian. Mm. Or put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library, then draw that many cards plus one. I like the fact that this is Sweeper that is potentially main deckable, but is not yep. just very dead uh, in in you know non-creature matchups or whatever. And for a second mode, this one is actually pretty good. But yeah, two, I've played that mode damage. happily before. I know you have, Brian, but that <laughs> that doesn't necessarily say anything. Uh, fair uh, enough. I, I, I do like that effect. I have not put it into many decks because I'm always just like, this is too weak, you know. But I know that you're a big Valakid Awakening fan. But uh, right. the problem I have with this is that, like, two damage is not enough. So... This this is like nice and and feels good, but I feel like this is just not good enough to actually get me to play it. Which I'll say that two damage is probably not enough. I mostly agree with you. I'm more interested in scenarios where it is enough. Sometimes it is. Like we've yes. we've seen that many times. So I'd rather just be like, well, if two is enough, then this is a nice bit of upside tacked onto this card. Uh, you know, add it to the bank, track it. Not a format definer, but could be a very useful tool if the format breaks a specific way. Yes, that is where I am too. If it ever gets to a point where I can just play this, I'm super happy. But right now is not really the time. Agreed. And now we have a string of battles starting with... So many battles. Invasion of Call Time. Oh, I guess... Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
This other card, so it deals two damage each battle, right? Yeah. That includes, like, the battles that your opponent is protecting, so I guess you could use this with, like, three toughness things to whittle down. You could. If that's what you want to do. I mean, it is a, a different way to do things. I guess also, like, hitting Planeswalkers is not something that always comes on these type of cards, so... Yeah, uh, I think it's more common now. It's become more common for sure. Yeah. Anyway, just that little that little note, that little wrinkle. All right, invasion of call time. Three R, four defense. Uh, when this enters the battlefield, exile all cards from your hand, then draw that many cards until the end of your next turn. You may play cards exiled this way. And the backside is Pyre of the World Tree, an enchantment. Discard a land card. This deals two damage to any target. Whenever you discard a land card, exile the top card of your library, you may play that card this turn. Huh. What do am think? I what am I getting <laughs> up to with this card? Uh like this, there's a bunch of effects I like on here. Yeah, so this is like Valakut exploration. Yeah. But I don't know, what with an extra side, I guess. You know, it's just like the weirdness where it's like, what the hell am I actually doing with this, right? Four cost uh, feels like a lot on this effect. A it lot. is, but you're talking about how you like three cost Valakut Awakening. I know. This is this is better in a lot of spots, right? Kind and of. It's, it's weird too because <laughs> these these effects where it's like you know discard your hand, draw a new hand, sort of thing. This one wants you to actually like get rid of the expensive stuff and pitch the cheap stuff so you can just like cast all of that stuff on the next turn right mm. here's what i want to point out with this card this probably sucks by the way but this is like this card you know, or the I, thing that you're going to point out this thing i'm going to point out okay um but but i prefer much to like look for novel ways to use a card where this card could potentially be really powerful if this is a cool yeah. thing to do uh this costs four yep. i would like to do nothing all game Maybe on turn three, I'll find a ramp spell, play this, get rid of six cards in my hand or whatever, then go into turn four with a 13-card hand and try and yep. win the game with that. I think that is the most enticing use for this card. And okay, that's not, that's not bad. Like, you should... If you build your deck around it, you can win a lot of games in older formats with... So a, like Ruby Medallion, like Legacy sure. Modern Red Storm nonsense. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, even just like uh, Modern Storm, like uh, that doesn't seem out of line. There's quite oh. a few ways to leverage uh, 13 card hands with that deck. You just basically need a bunch of... Did you hear the hooligans outside? Am I, right? I, I do hear them. <laughs> okay, good. Somebody must have just... Uh, Open your horribly... windows and yell, Joe Rogan sucks. Yeah, I would happens. love to. I would love to. Man, I would be fighting the rest of the day. Um, <laughs> I'm sure somebody was just horribly injured and brutalized with that recent bout of cheering. But getting back to this invasion of Kaldheim, you, you see the appeal with decks that just like are all rituals trying to do one thing. Uh, you do have to forego those first few set of turns. Although not really. Like if I play... Uh, you know, Goblin Electromancer turn three this, I'm I'm good with that. Like whether the Goblin Electromancer dies or not, I've put myself in a very advantage position. Um, so yeah. Are you, are you are you talking about like ritualing this out on three? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I know Electromancer doesn't reduce. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. Yeah, okay. However you're doing it. Like it's just a way that 
I guess my first point was like, do nothing and then just play this card and try and get six or seven cards. But if I do a couple things and then get five cards, like, well, yeah, it's, you it's had to answer good. those first couple things. Yeah, I, I think that could be a very fine backup plan. Yeah, this card is really interesting to me. And then uh, I certainly like the idea of uh, getting the backside online. That sounds like a ton of fun to me. Yeah, so Again, now... Two damage is not a lot, but... Yeah, now the question becomes, like, is there an amalgamation of these two ideas we're expressing? Like, the idea that you have a combo deck, but also there's this backdoor pyre of the world tree that you're trying to set up uh, that can also be a win condition in your deck? I don't think so, but maybe. Maybe there is. I mean, you could, like, semi-brick, grape shot them down to, like, four... Or like, know that I guess maybe be short like six or eight or something. You're like, well, I'll deal you ten and kill the battle, and then yeah, try try and go from there or whatever. So yeah, I could, I could you, see that. That's not a good scenario, but if your deck is built around things like uh, you know tormenting voice type effects, you can trigger this some alternate ways and get extra cards from them. So there there is some like cross synergy starting to brew. This is just a very deep. Uh, involved card that's asking a lot of deck builders, and which is great. That's one of my favorite type of cards to see. And I think ultimately it's probably going to come up a little short, but gets the wheels turning. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that this as a showdown of the Scalds type of variant, like it, it seems pretty good to me, especially since there's additional upside here. But you can't top deck it. Like it, it, you I, can't play it fair, yeah. right? Like it's just a yes. disaster in those scenarios. I mean, you you can. Um, and it doesn't require that much of you. It's just like, if you have, if you're holding a land or something, I think that that's still reasonable. Like you're getting a, a card off this, potentially you get to, yeah, maybe you get to play your land still. And then assuming you are a creature deck that is able to get rid of this thing, like maybe the backside engine is kind of all you want in that scenario. Yeah, anyway. Maybe, maybe. So I, I like this card. We'll uh, see where it lands. Yeah, this is one of those cards where I'm like, it's not going to make the top 10. It's in like the speculative bottom part of the top 20 or whatever. If it does end up being good, I'll be pretty happy. Um, but I'm happy to see a set with a bunch of cards like this. Yep. It's fun. My favorite type of card. Uh, next battle is Invasion of Karsis, 2RR, 4 defense. Uh, when this enters the battlefield, it deals three damage to each creature in each planeswalker. Backside is... Letting the battles go this time. Obviously, it would trigger well, itself, so... yeah. I mean, the the battle to win all battles. It mm. could have been. Backside, Refraction Elemental, Creature Elemental, 4-4. Four, four. Ward, pay two life. Whenever you cast a spell, this deals two damage to each opponent. That's a really powerful creature, for sure. Uh, that'll kill him pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Again, though, this this is one of the battles where it it, it wipes the board and then makes the battle uh, more difficult to defeat. But again, if nah, you're, you're throwing losing, burn spells at this battle, baby, just fucking maybe lightning yeah, strike could, right at it. You could this this could be uh you know burn control burn mid range whatever. Uh, but you could also pair this with like some fort toughness stuff like me glows into this thing purrs pretty well, right? Or hold on. Hit seven mana, play invasion of Karsis, three damage to all creatures, planeswalkers, followed up with into the fire, two more damage to each creature and planeswalker, as well as this battle, only two more damage needed for only seven mana. You've almost done something amazing. Amazing. 
you you have dealt a lot of damage for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Uh, less sold that this is going to be good, but definitely a good tool to have. And I like the fact that when constructing sideboards for like mid-range decks or whatever, it's like you just you get to options. pick and choose which sweeper you want, you know? Yep. It's cool. That's always good. Uh, final red battle, definitely not the last battle we're going to talk about, but uh, this one is Invasion of Tarkir. 1R, 5 defense. When this enters the battlefield, reveal any number of dragon cards from your hand. When you do, this deals X plus 2 damage to any other target where X is the number of cards revealed this way. Any target, Brian. This could be the battle killer right here. It's a pretty good effect, man. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, backside, Defiant Thunder Maw, 4-4, Dragon, Flying Trample. Whenever a dragon you control attacks, it deals 2 to any target. Uh, also worth noting that this is a, a pretty reasonable card for your Zergo and Ojitai deck and pretty reasonable mm -hmm. dragon for you to bounce if you just want to like re-up on a burn spell. Yeah. How uh, how are our dragons in standard looking? We got a few? Ooh, I didn't do that search. I did the legendary search. I went, okay. I went down that rabbit hole. That, yeah, this is that interesting. Determined, that determined one of the cards in my top 10 for sure. Cool. That's that's cool. Uh, I think I owe this card a dragon search because if there are good solid dragon options, I'm pretty happy. Bro, with, I'm doing like, it now. I'm doing it okay, now. get us get us back to results. Let's hear it. Uh, uh, I'm almost done. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Okay, Shivan Devastator, love it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, that's uh, a good one. Smoldering Egg. Probably okay. not great if you're like sieging and also playing a bunch of dragons, but who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, at sushi, the blazing sky. You remember that one? Yeah, I do. Uh, Moonvale Regent, still legal. Somehow, yeah. Uh, the rest of the neo dragons like Ao and Junji. Uh, <laughs> you remember Naya Rith? Flying Ward 2, other dragons you control have Ward 2? Oh, not now I do. I didn't until you said that. Oh, okay. How about this one? Uh, Capricious Hellraiser. That's a dragon. That is a dragon. Okay. I mean, it, enough. That's enough. This this is a really, really strong card. Like, if this ever does four, this card is an absolute house. If it ever flips, which, like, you are pretty well set up to flip this when you're doing dragon mid-rangey type stuff. You have all these hasty, difficult things to deal with. Just a nice free 4-4 four four with pretty big upside attached to it that, like, demands an answer. And, man, like, just even if I don't have a dragon in my hand, I think this card is good enough. I, like, yeah, I think it's, it's completely bad. acceptable. So this this might be very, very high on the list of battles that we've seen thus far. Not a lot of downside here. No, not at all. It, it's like... Telling you to do a thing, and you're not very upset to be doing the thing already anyway. Yeah, so. sounds fine. Cool. Uh, Nahiri's Warcraft. 1RR Sorcery. This deals 5 damage to target creature, planeswalker, or battle. Look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the excess damage dealt this way. You may exile one of those cards, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. You may play the exiled card this turn. Pretty cool. Uh, this is the same art that has been on every card referencing Nahiri for the last five years. I don't mind I it. I like, I like Nahiri and her army of swords. Okay. But you're not wrong. Uh, I feel like there was once 
a very similar effect to this in standard that maybe cared about the number of snow permanents. Do you know what card I'm talking about? Uh, there was like a was, red sorcery three there damage. Was the one that added mana. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I I don't think there's been one where you get a you card get a card. So I think that the fifth damage is big. I think maybe being able to tag uh, your opponent's battles or your battles. What I don't I don't even know the vernacular. How are we going to refer to this stuff? I have no like, idea. Kill kill your own battle. Sure. I, th that I think that that's a big deal because kill, we're talking about kill like, a battle oh, you've been instilled with. Well, no, that you've instilled them with. I don't know. You've instilled them with, yeah, because you would never kill one you've been instilled with. Maybe you would. I'm sure that like there's a scenario. I can't really think of it, but well, like you would destroy it, but you wouldn't want to do damage to it, right? Unless it's somehow beneficial for them to have that card at some point you know you're like I oh so. i have my i have my disenchant at the ready or something yeah i wonder if that's Let's the next stage of battles where like you battle it's bad for your opponent uh never mind i don't i don't even want to talk about this never mind skip it put the game designer hat away thanks appreciate it anyway uh three mana five damage not bad red decks need ways to kill shieldred anyway yes ideally it would be an instant, not a sorcery, but this one has the upside of killing a battle, and we were talking about, like, what is the likelihood that you're actually going to be able to, like, get through, and how well set up are people going to be at defending battles and whatnot, and this just kind of, like, takes all the, the, the big brain energy out of it, you know? You just don't have to think about it anymore. Like, five damage kills most of them, right? And yeah. even has well, enough well, for the excess a lot of the time. Yeah, it's really interesting to just like think about this card and invasion of Tarkir in combination with each other with like basically no synergy. Like on turn two, play invasion, maybe reveal a dragon, kill your opponent's three toughness thing. Uh, great. You're very happy with that. Turn three, essentially treat Nahiri's Warcrafting as a 4 4 flying trample dragon that whenever a dragon you control attacks, it deals two damage to a target. Sold. Like, that is a great use, actually, of Nahiri's Warcrafting, and you're entirely happy with that trade-off. Um, the fact that it does that and then a bunch of other stuff, maybe that's good enough. Maybe the maybe the battle text is actually the breaker here and what makes this an, a more interesting card than I at first gave it credit for. Yeah, I mean, I think just going a little bit longer, having the ability to chain this into another spell, <laughs> we talk about the mythical big red deck or whatever, but... Yep. Uh, you know, maybe it happens, but even just in a red aggro deck, it's like, you know, kill your thing, uh, maybe get a land off it or a, a cheap creature that you get to play or whatever. Like that's, that's going to end up being really, really good, really powerful. Could be. So I, I can't imagine that this is going to be plus a card a lot of the time, but when it does come up, it's, it's going to be awesome. And mm -hmm. in the meantime, this is just a perfectly fine card that you were sort of interested in playing already because of Shieldred. And now, certainly, uh, if you have your own battles in your deck, you're even more interested. Yeah. Yeah, great point. All right, Urbrask. This is your, your combo enabler. Are you ready? Yes. 2RR, 4-4, four, four, legendary creature for Rexian Parader, first strike. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, this deals one damage to target opponent, add R. Oh, we did it. Game over. R, 
Exile this, then return to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. Activate only as a sorcery, and only if you've cast three or more instant or sorcery spells this turn. So, uh, maybe you Urabrask into Kaldheim, or Kaldheim into Urabrask. I don't really know which, but if you're loaded up on instants and sorceries, you probably have a fun time. But uh, backside of Urabrask is the Great Work, which is a saga, chapter one. This deals three damage to target opponent and each creature they control. Chapter two, create three treasure tokens. Chapter three, bunch of text. Until end of turn, you may cast instant and sorcery spells from any graveyard. If a spell cast this way would be put into its, into a graveyard, exile instead. Exile this, then return to the battlefield. Oh, so super pass in flames. Uh, yeah, it doesn't wash the mana for you, but I guess that's what the treasures are for. Yeah. Okay, I think the, the right way to evaluate these cards is just like look at the front side. Are you happy with this creature? I'm okay with it. Like I, I, I think there's a world where like in some standards you would play this as the curve topper to your bird deck, and yeah. it would be it would be good enough at that role. It lets you double spell very effectively on a turn, amps those spells, so it turns your, you know, double lightning strike, hand or your, I mean, triple lightning strike into stoke the flames hand into something very very special that just kills your opponent out of nowhere um then you get the backside and i don't know i don't want to chase the backside like i don't think i really have to but again all the backside of these cards it's like did this just win me the game in some spots it's going to like legitimately just do three damage to your opponent and actually win the game uh when we talk about like what you've done previously so if you right you know we're living in magical christmas land obviously but like lightning strike lightning strike lightning strike all at a cost of one apiece and you've done 12 damage to your opponent and then flip this and get an additional three for 15 it probably win that's all you really have to do in that scenario um yeah this all takes a while but you are correct yeah but like yeah yeah there's there's a bit of a delay you have to wait one turn but i feel like you're going to be in a position where you'll be able to do that and I don't know. I, I think like if as long as you give me something good on the front side that I can tolerate, then I'm very into these cards. I rate them extremely highly. Uh, you saw how impressed I was with Shildred last time around. I think I'm equally as impressed with this Urabrask. I, I think it just does enough on its own where I'm willing to go ahead and jump through its hoops a little bit. It's it's encouraging me to play the cards I already want to want to play. So I'm here for this card. What about this compared to the red Mondrak? from the last set the one that's uh, just like a pyrexian furnace it's like also a four drop also four toughness also promotes that kind of burn spelly thing obviously urbrask like you could do this with you know blue cantrips or even like black village rights type of stuff right to kind of go off yes so urbrask maybe has uh more applications but as far as like burn deck body, I'm actually not sure which one is better. I think the, yeah, the I think the ceiling is, on this is a little bit higher. Ceiling's higher um, for sure, but like it, you know, you're talking about needing three spells to flip Urbrask anyway. Yeah. Then the furnace thing is is probably just winning you the game outright. It could. It absolutely could. So, I'm I'm less high on this. Like fifth toughness would definitely go a long way. Mm. Um, but I could, I mean. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery at R, like that's scary enough text that I can yes. see this showing up at some point. But even stuff like you know beer G or whatever, it was it was niche, right? Yep. 
And yep. you know, that was that was a three mana, not four. So we'll see. Uh last red card, volcanic spite, sword of a reprint, uh one R instant. This deals three damage to target creature, planeswalker, or battle. You may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library if you do draw a card. What was this called last time? Fire Prophecy. Fire Prophecy. Very good card in that format. This is probably also a good card in this format. I expect this will see play. Uh, Prophecy did not hit Planeswalkers, though. So this is just strictly better? It was creature only on Prophecy? It was it was creature only, yeah. So And also, you know, Prophecy still sees play, right? So this is definitely just a nice upgrade for those. And then this and Nahiri's Warcraft and stuff, like... Uh, red might just get a huge boost because it's able to take down battles, you know? So now you just need to find, like, the best battle to pair with them that isn't Invasion of Tarkir, probably. Yeah, I mean, the, the cards just seem quite good, frankly. Like, all, all the red cards seem solid and closing out some of the holes. And and it, it keeps coming back around to, to stoke the flames for me. If you haven't played with this card, if you're, like, newer to Magic, I don't know how this card is reading to you, but this card was a house last time I was around. And the game has changed a bunch, but like I I don't think the things that made this card good have changed all that much. And it is single handedly 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 making me want to look at red decks more. I will say that Rabble Master was a big part of Stoke being incredible. Uh sure. The games where you didn't have Rabble Master, it was merely very, very good. Yeah. You know? And it feels like there's enough like there's not a rabble master, but there's like rabble master adjacent things. And there's things like lower on the curve, potentially better than rabble master. So uh, I, I think we'll find a suitable replacement in this instance. Yeah. And I mean, Swiss Spear was part of it too. Just like having prowess incentivizing you to have more spells in your deck in general and also mm-hmm. being like a cheap thing to convoke. Like all of that stuff is still mostly the same. It's just like, Rabble Master made it so, so easy, and also Stoke took away the downside of Rabble Master. So it, the two were just incredible together, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I played this card a lot with things like Soulfire Grandmaster and just like copied it and did the lifelink thing. It, it had a bunch of homes outside of just the Goblin Rabble Master thing. So, yeah. I mean, those decks usually had some amount of Rabble Masters in them too, but you are right. And then it did, it showed up in places where you didn't have four Rabble Masters. Mm hmm. Uh, that's it for red on a green. We have, uh, Atraxas fall one G sorcery destroy target artifact battle enchantment or creature with flying, uh, disenchant by itself. is not bad. This is disenchant plummet and kill a battle and sorcery speed. Not ideal, but this is overall pretty solid. Yeah. Obviously built for that very popular best of one format to just give that a little bit more <laughs> options. So. And I was thinking uh, about, like, Terra Sunder, too. But I was thinking that the unkicked version of Terra Sunder was, like, destroy target, uh, like, non-creature, non-land or something. But it was just exile in an artifact or enchantment. So, like, this this killing a battle, uh, you know, it makes it so Terra Sunder is not, like, almost strictly better than this. No, so. Terra, Terra Sunder is a three-resource... Uh, blue pitch guardian card that gives your next attack plus one and dominate and when it hits they discard two cards you're mistaken on this one next card is cosmic hunger 1g <laughs> instant target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to another target creature planeswalker or battle 
Uh, highlighting this only because of the battle damage. Uh, I'm a big fan of battle damage. Yeah, gotta gotta kill those battles. It's it's not even that you have to kill them. It's just like it feels like cheating to me to not have to attack them. Yeah, because like I o- obviously that. obviously you will do that. You know that is your primary game plan. But if your opponent is like, "Haha, I am prepared for you," and you're you just have a random burn spell or whatever. It just seems so good to me in a lot of instances with, with a lot of the battles, definitely not all of them. Hmm. So, uh, like a two mana, uh, bite, you know, it's seen, not seen played before. It's seen played before. Yeah. Not great. You're not happy about it, but it's all right. Uh, here's an actual magic card, though. deep root wayfinder one G two, three creature merfolk scout. Whenever this deals combat damage to a player or battle, Surveil one, then you may return a land card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. What do you think my opinion is of this card? I think you like this card, and I do too, but I think the stats are pretty medium, and I think that you have to work pretty hard to get a land in your graveyard in standard. I think this is a complete trap, and I I want to love this card. You're exactly yeah, right that I should you like this it. card. You like it, but... yeah. I, I like, do not eh. think it's good enough. Yeah, I, I really don't. I just don't think the stats are there. I think the setup is too hard. I think the payoff is like, for all the work it's asking of you, it's just not enough. And I, I want to love this card so much. I don't, though. I don't think this is good enough. Yeah, I I feel the same. And it's it's very sad because this is a cool card and a cool effect. It is. Especially it is, for absolutely. Maybe, maybe like post-rotation something happens where this is viable, but like, I, I don't think power level is taking a huge step down post rotation. So I, I'm still skeptical. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. All right. Uh, green set of battles. You ready? Let's do it. Battle time. First up invasion of Ikoria XGG six defense. God, that's a lot of defense. A lot of defense. Uh, wh- when this enters the battlefield, search your library and or graveyard for a non-human creature card with mana value X or less and put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle. Oh, it's got a lot of defense because it's freaking absurd on the front side. Okay, that makes sense. Is it? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's uh, not quite Fina- Finale of Devastation. Almost right? Finale of Devastation is, is good enough. Like that card is extremely, extremely powerful. And if there is upside, which... Go ahead. Let's finish the card before I derail us entirely. All right. Backside, we got a legendary dinosaur, Zilortha, Apex of Ikoria, 8-8 reach. For each non-human creature you control, you may have that creature assign its combat damage as though it weren't blocked. So a heck of an overrun there. Uh, what? What is this word? For each non-human creature you control? Isn't yeah. that like weird templating? Do it's you want like, it to just say each non-creature you've each non-human creature you control may deal. Yeah. May assign kinda. its combat damage as though it weren't blocked. Kinda. Yeah. I feel like it's how they would have said it in the past. It's it's weird. I I sort of get it because you're not giving them the ability. And I don't know if that's purposeful or not specifically, but whatever. Yeah, I wonder if there's something exploitable if the creature itself gets the ability. That's interesting. No, it's, I don't know, there's probably some rules thingy. Whatever. Fi- finish talking about Finale of Devastation, even though that card stinks. The finale of Devastation does not stink. It 
unlocks things in certain scenarios and it is niche and often gets replaced eventually from decklist but i will not say the effect stinks i think closing yourself off to that effect would do you a great disservice depending on what the context of standard is what the availability of like you know huge mana situations is whether there's something that demands like a combo piece where you have to have a certain two mana non-human creature or something so you just need to get more copies into your deck all those are plausible scenarios and again like six defense is a lot if there's one context where it's not a lot it's probably in green where you just play big dum-dums on turn one two three turn four but again the question question comes up where it's like is it better to actually attack this battle or attack your opponent for six yeah it's I think in this case, the fact that it comes with like literal win the game creature tied to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, let's just think about like a curve out scenario where you're like one drop, two drop, three drop, play this on four, attack into it. Like giving up that six damage to get the eight, eight, I think is probably a no brainer, a very huge percentage of the time. In that scenario. Yeah. Like early, it's, it's the same thing as attacking a planeswalker in my mind. It's like, it's almost. You don't know how the game's going to play out. You don't know your opponent's hand. You don't know what the next like five cards at the top of your deck are or anything. But it's pretty safe assumption that just investing, you know, the first end damage you deal to getting rid of a card or like getting an extra card is going to be worth it, right? Like you you just bank on that being right most of the time. But it's the scenarios when they're at like ten where you're like, eh, I don't know. This is kind of weird. It is weird. I I. I just think, I mean, it always changes when you're playing. It's like sweepers or something. I, I think the ceiling on this card is immense. I think it's extremely flexible. I think it scales, obviously, because it's an X spell and it can be, you know, whatever the best creature is in your deck when you hit late game scenarios. So there's a lot of theoretical decks that would be interested in that type of effect. I, I don't want to say it's like defining. It's not going to probably make my top 10 list, but if this was... If this turned out to be a very important card in a standard format, that would not surprise me. Word. Uh, I think Finale of Devastation is overrated for how little it sees play. And part of that is because it does only go into like very specific homes where you're doing something combo-esque with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like places places it showed up is like Devoted Druid or with like Asmo or something. Uh, it was played in standard a bit too, right? Like, wasn't it just a finisher in a, a certain standard deck where you were reliably hitting over 10? That might be true, but then it's just like replaceable with any other, you know, 10 mana card. Granted, it does scale, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was doing also something in the mid game. I would have to like go back through my deck. It was actually something I feel like I worked on a very large amount and like finding Finale of Devastation as the kill card was very important. I don't remember specifically what deck it was. Yeah, I believe. I mean, there is like Nissa and whatever. Yep. So yeah, mana yep. was just kind of irrelevant for a it while. It was free. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like I obviously I, I've registered finale before in decks. Uh I have not been super happy with any of those decks for a mm-hmm. lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I recognize that it is a playable card, but just in the context of standard, usually it, it does fall short because you don't have the necessary uh, like wide card pool that you need to take advantage of something like this. I feel like I remember you and I scouring through some boxes and buying a bunch of foil Russian finale of devastations. Oh no, we did that. And like th- that paid off. I mean, mm. 
that being a mythic that was not very expensive and saw play in eternal formats, like, yeah, slam dunk. Let's go. Good job, now, card, Cards like 30 bucks or whatever. But I also like the fact that uh, I said niche and you said niche. And I think who's correct we rarely we we both are uh technically but we we rarely use that word between the two of us at all and then it it you know happens on the same episode and we both have different things Hmm. Uh, i believe niche was like correct first and then the niche like french-esque pronunciation came later which yeah, as a, as a fake, I guess, but you know, as a worldly man of class, you would expect I would use such a fine pronunciation as I so often do. Just nothing but the finest pronunciations coming out of my mouth. Yeah, uh, looks like finale devastations at like forty six fifty. Goodbye. And foil ones seventy five bucks. You probably got some of those. Yeah, yep, I probably do. <laughs> In the old amulet box. All right. Uh, Invasion of Ikoria stinks. The end. Okay. Uh, what about Invasion of Ixalan? 1G, 4 defense. When this enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a permanent from among them. Put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Backside is a non-legendary dinosaur. Belligerent, Regisaur, 4-3, Trample. Whenever you cast a spell, this gains indestructible until end of turn. That's an annoying card to play against. I'll say that much. Uh, front side is the most medium of mediums. It's an impulse. Technically yeah. a playable card. Only permanence, I guess. But if you're playing green, what the hell else do you want? Yeah, we just play this in our Lotus Field deck. We get a alternate kill condition. What else <laughs> do we need? Regisaur, Regisaur yeah, just how Regisaur do, how, do you even, how does your Lotus deck even kill the battle? uh we'll figure that out don't worry yeah yeah we've we've got plans for that hope tender beat down or whatever no you just beat it down with leer and then if you have a leer in play if there's nothing better you could be doing than beating down an invasion of ixalan so well yeah i mean leer then feeds the regisaur right you just have perfect for days, yeah so. perfect we've we've found a real beatdown plan anyway i i think this is fine i like this more of like a develop first and then, you know, mid-game, you, like, play your impulse and you have a little something to attack and maybe get a dinosaur out of it or whatever. But as far as scaling backsides of battles, uh, just getting, like, another random beater, you know, it's it's nothing super exciting or whatever. It's not like, oh, wow, you know, this battle won me the game or anything. But I think this card probably stinks. Maybe. Honestly. I mean, it's, it's two-for-one-ish, right? Very-ish. Very-ish. Okay, fine. Uh, Invasion of Chandelar. My favorite how plane. Much, I was going to say, how much Chandelar did you play back in the day? A lot. A okay. lot. Like a lot of my uh, just incessant begging of my parents for my first computer. Uh, I shouldn't say my first computer. I had like an Apple IIe growing up that my grandparents gave us that I learned to program on. Um, but my first like Windows computer was almost entirely based on the existence of the Microprose uh, Magic the Gathering game, and I played just infinite Chandelar as, as much <laughs> as I possibly could. Uh, I've played literal zero. Uh, it's missing out. I probably. I'm sure I would have loved it, 
when I was a kid, but it's just one of those things where, you know, didn't have the internet, didn't have computer, uh, didn't know it existed until it was a relic effectively. And then Mm -hmm. would watch people play it. And I'm just like, Oh God, like how can you even like look at these graphics? Like have you seen the PlayStation? Yeah. Uh, it needs an update. (laughs) I think if there's a project that I would wholeheartedly back on Kickstarter, it would be a a new Chandelier. Yeah. Like mobile Chandelier. Oh, that would be a, a great time sink. Of course the microtransactions would break me, but yeah. Yeah. It would be like, <laughs> you get to turn five and it's like, oh, you've ran out of stamina for the day. You could pay a dollar to like right. get another turn cycle or whatever. I remember when the first uh, expansion to Chandelier came out and they added like, it was called Spells of the Ancients and they added a bunch of cards from like Arabian Nights and Antiquities and they added Black Vies, but Black Vies was broken and it actually triggered twice. So oh, you nice. just pop off for six if you played turn one Black Vies. That was extremely, extremely powerful. Fun. All right. Well, this one, probably not as good as Double Black Vice, but uh, 3GG battle for defense. When this enters the battlefield, return up to three target permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. Backside, Leyline Surge, Enchantment. Beginning of your upkeep, you may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield. That seems pretty strong. Three target permanents from graveyard to hand. I, I think at five, like that's right about the place where I find this acceptable. I need that's, to that's have... restock. Yeah, I need to have specific permanence in the format before I'm down with that. But I can see a classic ass mid range deck just playing my permanence, finding removal spells in the form of permanence, um, shield drains and, and whatnot. Yeah, grinding things out until I eventually just you know want to attack with my shieldred and kill this thing. And now I've got this engine for the rest of the game that is very, very hard to beat. A lot of value there. So I, I like this card. I want to build around it. Probably wouldn't make my top 10, but it, it's yeah. it's cool. It's a cool effect. Plukronos Reborn, GGG, 4-5, Legendary Creature Hydra, Reach, 6, and a Phyrexian White. Transform this. Activate only as a sorcery. Backside, green-white Plukronos, Engine of Ruin, 6-6, six, six, Legendary Creature Phyrexian Hydra, Reach lifelink. Whenever this or another non-token Hydra you control dies, create a 3-3 green and white Phyrexian Hydra creature token with reach and a 3-3 green and white Phyrexian Hydra creature token with lifelink. Okay. Make your own worm coil engine. All right. So three mana, four, five reach. Banging stats. Banging stats. And then it becomes a worm coil engine. Eh, yeah, maybe. My only problem maybe. with this card is the fact that it's legendary. Like you really want to like build around curving into this thing consistently and playing four copies is going to feel icky sometimes. You really, really. Yeah, they're having a great time. Uh, Joe Rogan probably just sold some male enhancement supplements over a commercial or something. Uh, you're... You're having a very bad time if you ever catch a couple of Pelucranos Reborn in a hand that you're trying to curve out in. That's the biggest knock against this card to me. So, like, I want to play it in small numbers, which is tough when it costs three green because my deck is now very much committed to the idea of making as much green mana as possible. There's probably not a ton of options that really benefit for me for doing that particular task. Um, So I think this is medium for that reason but as far as numbers on this card and potential upside i think it's all there and i think it's all pretty exciting 
I think it's close. I don't think it's quite there. Okay. But yeah, it is it is weird where normally uh you can just like play a bunch of the same legend because if it's good enough, you would just expect it to die. But this thing is uh three mana five toughness, so it's pretty hard to kill. And yeah, they they also just like choose not to because it's like a vanilla creature. Like, who cares? Kind of. So yeah, it is. It is sort of weird. But. I I just think like Worm Coil Engine is still a occasional game winner against a lot no, of decks. It like, is. A it lot is. of decks build in such a fashion they really cannot answer that, and this will still win those games. And you know, Reach actually closes off one of the primary ways you might go ahead and get through this thing where it just brick walls a flyer on that key turn and then you do the lifelink thing so i i don't know it's an interesting evolution of the worm coil concept and i think all the things that sung about original worm coil probably still get the job done here fair uh last green card vorinclex 3gg66 legendary creature phyrexian praetor trample reach when this enters the battlefield search your library for up to two forest cards reveal them put them into your hand and shuffle yeah, from Six. Evil Titan. Go ahead. What? Yeah, basically same same card. Yep. Six GG. Exile this, then return to the battlefield transformed under its owner's control. Activate only as a sorcery. Backside is a saga, the Grand Evolution, Chapter One. Mill ten cards. Put up to two creature cards from among the milled cards onto the battlefield. Chapter two, distribute seven plus one plus one counters among any number of target creatures you control. Chapter three, until end of turn, creatures you control gain one. This creature fights target creature you don't control. Uh, exile this, then return to the battlefield face up. Little Kid Green. You got these big bodies. You got scaling all over the place. You go Pelucranos into Vorinclex, into Titan of Industry, and you do this flippy thing, and you rebuy a couple of them. I, I, I legitimately think that's going to be good enough against several decks. And the fact that Vorinclex is getting you to that large mana threshold uh, where you just start casting these things out of your hand. If you can find good bridges from like the two mana, three mana stage to this five mana stage, again, Reach being a very solid defensive ability, letting you go ahead and hold down the fort. I, I think this card is probably pretty real. This feels like a deck for post-rotation, just given the state of how powerful Standard is. But if you told me Little Kid Green was completely fine post rotation. I wouldn't be the least bit shocked. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that this is great, but I do think it's worth noting that uh, it is two forest cards, so you can get triumphs with this if you really mm-hmm. wanted to. That's cool. So that's can set up your domain right away, which is a, a very real thing. Like there's a domain deck out there right now. <laughs> set up your domain right away on turn seven. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Yes, technically true. Okay, uh, you, you got... guarantee it in your mono green deck, which I think no, is the important you, part. You you do guarantee it, technically. Uh, five five mana six six, technically draws two cards. I'm still not that excited about it. No, neither but, am I. Anyway, but I think it's fine. Closing it out with the uh, remainder of the gold cards that we didn't get to talk about that were. I think previewed after we did our initial show. So right. first one is uh Dejeru and Hazaret, two RR dub, five four, legendary creature human god. As long as you have one or fewer cards in hand, this has vigilance and haste. Whenever this attacks, look at the top six cards of your library. You may exile a legendary creature from among them. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. Until end of turn, you may cast the exiled card without paying its mana cost. Jeez, that is that's a heck of a curve topper for an aggressive 
legendary deck that you just want to jam this out and get to swinging and hopefully as soon as you play it you only have that one or fewer cards in hand so you just get the immediate benefit holds the fort right away as a five fort critically missing that indestructible clause so you do leave your opponent a very real window to interact with this but the upside is a hundred percent there uh the the aggro curve out should be very real with dejaru and you just can expand your battlefield in a very dramatic way with this card i like this card quite a bit uh this, this is the this is the one that actually prompted me to do the legendary search because mm, that makes sense. Because the legend decks that we've seen in standard have not been primarily focused on red. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I haven't really looked at this color and what legendary options we have. So what are we working with? And 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 how are we doing? It's it's not a lot, I'm gonna be honest. But there's with Felden, right? Felden's a very good red legend. Correct. Felden, uh <laughs> if you want the other red two drop you have goro goro okay let me, let me pull up my list which means i'm gonna put my phone a little bit closer to my mic which may cause some uh disturbance here uh hajar loyal bodyguard that's the gruel two drop that one's good yeah yeah um and that's kind of it for twos there were no ones uh, I, I just wrote down all the legends, so I'm kind of like looking in, in between all this stuff. But uh, Yeah, so we may be looking at like a Nile Legends type setup. Is that the direction for, we're leaning here? For three drops, we have Miglos, yeah. uh, R- Rem Carolus, which I think is a little too weak, but could be good in certain metagames. This is the one that uh, prevents like damage-based uh, spells or whatever. Uh, I'll take your word for it. It's like a, t- a three-mana, two-three flying haste that... Yeah, if there's prevents damage from instant sorceries or something like that. And then the thing that I actually like about this is at four mana, you have some good options. And also, this can uh, potentially find a Traxa, which is maybe yeah. like the most powerful legend. But the problem is, is that your legendary based decks generally don't have a lot of card types, right? Yeah, mostly creatures. But- yeah, but you can kind of get around that because, like, you're playing red. Uh, you know, this is white also, so maybe you want Thalia, but you could just forego that and just play Fable, which I don't know is just like kind of good in general. And then if you want to Hazaret into Atraxa, Fable helps you do that. But then there's uh, at Sushi at four also, which dies and makes three treasures. So like you play that, they kind of have to deal with your four four dragon, right? And then if they do, then you're just in like hard cast Atraxa range. Yeah, you can also uh, use, you know, lean into the dragon side of things a bit more and use the dragon battle card to go ahead and clean up right. on you defense, get some yeah, more you card types. You don't have to be full legends, that's definitely yeah. true. And then there's the new Kogla and Yodaro also, which is like a pretty good legendary payoff where if you don't want to, you know, stretch your mana, stretch your card types with the Traxa, you could just like play that as a big finisher. and then Yeah, big dum-dum. Uh, there was a period where Halana and Elena was like standard defining, right? And like that's another card you could play. Decent options. And yeah, as far as third color, I don't know. It is possible that you're even just supposed to be four colors because the mana is basically good enough and red isn't offering a ton. Uh, you still have to be like pretty heavy red because this has two red pips in the cost or whatever. But there are mm-hmm. definitely a lot of options with this card. I like it does feel like you are supposed to break from the Legends paradigm a little bit in part to ensure you're actually going to like have 
Fejerun has her ready to go on turn five when yeah. you play it and have effectively used your cards in hand at that point. Yeah, I, I sort of feel like that too. It's like the, the math doesn't really work out even if you're curving out. Um, mm-hmm. Things like Katilda can maybe help you with that where yeah. you're doing something that just gives you like a mana Manic boost or whatever lets you dump sure. your hand faster. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Even just like having Skrelv and just making it so if this thing doesn't have haste, at least it is reasonably protected. Tough to kill, yeah. All right, uh, next goal card, Invasion of Amonkhet. This is an uncommon battle. One UB, four defense. When this enters the battlefield, each player mills three. Then each opponent discards a card and you draw a card. And then the backside is Lazatep Convert, a creature zombie. You may have this enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature card in a graveyard, except it's a 4-4 black zombie in addition to its other types. Say what? Body double-ish. Isn't this well, card just extremely well, good? No, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, am, am I missing? Like, I, this feels that's why like I put it on the much, list, man. <laughs> it feels very much rare or majestic, or excuse me, mythic. There's the second time. Uh, do, you, do you have majestic as a thing in your yep, game? Yep, okay. sure do. Uh, so, so that's number two in just a, a few short days time. Um, look, man, card, I, I know you're in the thick of it, right? I like, am. I'm you, living it. You go to work and use that terminology for 10 hours a day or whatever. And then you come yeah, home and, and then I come home, use it for another 10 hours. And then I dream about it for four more hours. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Anyway, invasion of almond cat, like, uh, this is, you know, divination or mind rot quality of card advantage on its face which is not yep. good right acceptable but, though yeah it is acceptable and then i think the backside is is solid enough too it this again this is not a thing that's gonna like run away with the game or whatever but you could also just see mid-range decks having like a few copies of this and i mean after you play like one or two your opponent's just not gonna have many resources you're gonna have a ton of resources if at any mm-hmm. point you get to start attacking these things down or like burning them out or whatever it's it is gonna snowball yeah man and that that etb copies something like first off you're milling your opponent so you're possibly setting up that or milling yourself do you have that option to mill yourself or does it it's it's each each player player. yeah yeah so so you have as many options as possible and of course we do know the quality of etb triggers on these creatures in standard quite high you can look at something like atraxa you can look at something like titan of industry all these banger cards with huge huge effects when they come into play are potentially available to you on the backside of this so uh i'm a believer in this card this seems quite good to me and i would look at building around this and thinking about how you can clean up this battle very effectively and you know is there some kind of grixis battle combination thing that also goes up to atraxa like it would not shock me if you get away with that level of nonsense yeah i could see it um i will say that historically i was not a big fan of disinformation campaign just Mm -hmm. because saw a lot of standard play though it did i I don't think that that was necessarily correct, but whatever. It, like paying three mana and not affecting the the battlefield is just not a good plan in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that like this standard format is much faster than that one. But getting the battle from it, I, I think, does matter. You know, like that to some degree is affecting the battlefield because you have 
this thing where if you've set up a little bit, you know, like you've played your blood tithe harvest or your corpse appraiser or whatever, like you have yep. you have something that is reasonably able to like clock this and actually get like a big tempo swing back in your favor, right? So uh yeah, I, I do I do like this well enough. I don't think it's like you know, slam dunk in a C play or anything, but it is definitely a good tool. Seems better than your typical uncommon, is what I'd say about it. I agree. Uh, invasion of Asgul, RB for defense, battle siege. When this enters the battlefield, target opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker and loses one life. Backside is a 2-1 creature zombie elemental named Ashen Reaper. It has menace at the beginning of your end step. Put a plus one, plus one counter on this if a permanent was put into a graveyard from the battlefield this turn. I'm just a pretty big believer in that front side, honestly. I think that's an important fact effect to keep track of. Any kind of edict effects, especially when they're on a permanent, they can often be abusable. We saw this a bunch in the Urian days. Obviously, we don't have things like that, but you know, some ways of resetting this, blinking this, or just turning it into a 2-1 threat is pretty exciting to me. So uh, I like this card quite a bit. I also want to point out the more we move through these battles, the more I'm convinced that we should be paying very close attention to the battles that have uh, three defense. Like they're, they're all so carefully costed around four. It's kind of like the Planeswalkers in that regard, right? Like where... Yeah. They all have this limitation, except there's this one standout, and I, it's it's the white one, right? Yeah, the invasion of Gobacon is the only one, I believe, in the set. I could be wrong about that. I'm scrolling through right now trying to catch any other exceptions. But that's the only one that has three toughness, and that's that's really, really interesting. I think that card has a lot of potential for that reason, if nothing else. And I, I like Gobacon. I like it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also scrolling now too. I'm I'm curious. I haven't hit any. I'm I'm pretty confident. Invasion of Zendikar is, is a four mana one. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the and... two basic land cards. Yeah, I I also think that card's good. Okay, well maybe we should have talked about it, but too late now. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like I like two mana edicts. Uh, especially since you mentioned you can do things like bounce it or whatever. I mean, Trial of Ambition was, you know, not good in a vacuum, but it did see a lot of play. Uh, and as far back as Pioneer, too. So, yeah. Did what I, it needs to do. Yeah, I mean, there's the the enchantment deck that makes it a little different, I think. I don't think there's, like, a way to abuse these quite yet, but... Mm-hmm. Always could be, though. Uh, last gold battle... Uh, worth noting that all these are uncommons also. Uh, but this one is Invasion of Pyrulia. Where is this? Oh, my my favorite plane. P- Pyrulia? Yeah, obviously. Okay. Uh, GU, for defense. When the center's battlefield, scry three, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land or double-faced card, draw a card. Backside, 4-4, four, four, Creature Beast, Gargantuan, Slabhorn, Trample Ward 2, other transformed permanents you control have Trample and Ward 2. Hmm. Two mana potential 4-4 that replaces itself. Should you hit? I assume you'll build in such a fashion to hit a large amount of the time. This functioning as potentially your transform permanent ward trampoline giver thing is interesting and at least it makes me want to build a deck around it like it is a very unique effect very cheap potentially replaced itself 
probably could inspire me to create an archetype. I'm not going to say that archetype is going to be good, but at least it makes me interested in it. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of these that look like they would fit well into a Bant mid-range deck. Mm-hmm. And this this is certainly among them. Um, that deck, historically, not great. Uh, but, you know, maybe just overwhelming sources of card advantage help them out to some degree. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it feels like maybe you're missing, like, an engine to tie that all together. But if you find that... They're all engines. I don't know. Whatever. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's like a a bit of a cop-out. Every magic card is an engine these days, but you need the super engine to tie all your engines together. Yeah. All right, last card. Croxa and Kunaros. 3 rwb 66 Legendary Creature. Elder Giant Dog. Good, good creature types. Uh, vi- <laughs> Vigilance, Menace, Lifelink. Whenever this enters the battlefield or attacks, you may exile five cards from your graveyard. When you do, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm, this is again good i i guess like the colors it's appearing in aren't the way i usually want to achieve these things like i tend to play mardu decks as a little bit small ball-y a little bit sacrificey but of course all the pieces around that will always dictate that and there are big uh orzhov decks and i guess big mardu decks that have occasionally existed in this standard format as well seems like just a completely fine curve topper to rebuy something horrible for your opponent on the first play and you should have no trouble uh getting at least one immediate partner for this to come into play with the first time you play it i think exiling five cards is a small enough ask where you will reliably get that creature to go with it and i just think like the stats on this are pretty incredible like vigilance menace lifelink how are you supposed to ever successfully race this thing you can't yeah you're, you're you, just talking you just about that. how worm coil engine's still good i mean this is basically yep. it yeah uh think think of this as like maybe the best broodmate dragon of all time yeah that's a fine way to look at it so i i think flying was a big part of why broodmate was successful but i for for this standard format even though i know that's uh, no longer in vogue, but anything that has any synergy with Atraxa, I'm interested in because yeah. I don't necessarily also Fable. To... Like yeah. this combines great with Fable the Mirror Breaker. So exactly feeds your graveyard, ramps into this thing, allows you to discard your uncastable seven drop to set this up. Like kind of, yep. I mean, Fable does it all, obviously. But Pretty yeah, I know card. that that people are not really doing the Atraxa stuff in standard anymore. But I think that it is still quite good and. In this set, there are also just a lot of things that work well with it. Uh, not even to that mention could bring the fact it back. that there's yeah. yeah that there's another uh, card type for you to get to kind of right. like diversify your holdings or whatever. But not that uh, that was really a problem in any of the mid range decks I was playing. It's like draw any five cards at random from a tracks is generally right. pretty fine. Probably so. good enough. I don't know. I I like this card. Uh, You're talking about how Mardu decks were generally not going super big, and I do agree with that, but there are specific exceptions for this standard format where there were decks that were basically like the mono-white mid-range decks, except they were double-splashing for random stuff. Yep. And so, uh, I don't know, Mardu as an archetype has shown promise in at least like some of the magic online challenges and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I think they'll happily add in a copy of this card. 
brutal. Dude, this is... Well, maybe it's harder in mono-white or, like, mono-white adjacent to get five cards in your graveyard, but I think if this card is doing its thing, it's certainly better than Sanctuary Warden, you know? Yeah, I, I would expect so. I would expect so, but I think a lot of times I've seen numbers on Sanctuary Wardens, and I'm like, well, that seems like too many Sanctuary Wardens. But let's see. Let's see what Croxa and, and Kodoros does. I think it's not a card that you want huge numbers of because it will just start to show diminishing returns so, so Agreed. quickly. Agreed. But that, that one or two of should pay very huge dividends. And like, it, it will just win several games too. Like if you ever have done significant setup and you play this on turn six, turn seven and get two creatures from it, I don't know how you lose in that spot. Yeah, you probably don't. I mean, the, the problem is like you get burned out immediately or whatever, or... Uh, attack to death with flyers or something, you know, generally yep. someone going bigger than you or doing something that just like ignores what you're doing. Uh, yeah, which, may, which may happen. Very real burn spells. So Yeah. Uh, but, you know, whatever. You're, you're Mardu. Hopefully there are things that you can do to, to get around that. But the other thing I want to note with this is even though it might take the place of like a reanimate card for me, uh, I'm not going to like straight up replace like Cruelty of Gix or Invoke justice or whatever the white reanimate card is with with like a six mana version of it you know it's like i i just want to play a mix i I don't want to draw a bunch of the five mana reanimate and then you're in these spots where you get to reanimate this instead of your seven drop but also get the seven drop with it and part of the reason that reanimating atraxa has fallen out of favor is you know to some degree like graveyard hate and counter spells and duresses and whatnot but also like they just kill the Atraxer, get it out of the way, and, and kill you. But when it comes with an additional body next to it, it starts looking better. Yeah, I think that is a, a very salient point and one that could push this card into playability quite easily. So uh, we'll we'll see how that plays out. I think the fact that this is just maybe your best potential reanimation target because games in standard go so, so long in many instances, and there are so many resources burned throughout the game. You you might find yourself where you are just getting three absolutely bonkers beaters off this card, and that's that's going to be good enough for sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you want to talk about the the Zendikar card, I guess. Sure. Since we okay. skipped it, we should we should roll back around because I do think this card is pretty real. <clears throat> All right, Invasion of Zendikar, three G, three defense. When this enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic land cards. Put them on the battlefield, tap and shuffle. Backside, 4-4, Creature Elemental, Awakened Skyclave, uh, Vigilance Haste. As long as this is on the battlefield, it's a land in addition to its other types. Tap, add one mana to Vindicar. Yeah, so not super impressed with the backside here, but I do think this card has a lot going for it. The four mana double ramp spell is a occasionally playable feature of standard if there's enough incentive to go all the way up to six or seven. We've done nothing but talk about reasonable five six and seven mana cards so i would argue the incentive is there and then just coming back to that point of the three defense battle that's the sweet spot they avoided that very very carefully and that makes me believe it's pretty trivial to go ahead and create this four four and like i said this four four isn't great but just unpack it unpack the absolute ceiling of this card four mana to put two lands directly into play and get a four four vigilance haste that can tap for an additional mana of any color that's really freaking good. And even if it's not that all the time, the times when it is, it's probably going to feel like the most powerful card in your deck. 
and I expect this will see some amount of play. Probably a, a good piece of glue to bring some of these archetypes together. Yeah, I mean, maybe the most powerful card in your deck outside of the seven or eight mana card that you're using this to ramp into. But, sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that Standard has been in a place where you want explosive vegetation, uh, but that, that could certainly change. You know, again, it's a, it's a good tool to have. It's nice to be there. And as far as versions of explosive veg- vegetation, like this is among the best. It's got to be like almost by default. It just does a bunch of extra things. Yep. And yeah, this is one of the cards that you would expect to see like a six in the defense or whatever. But uh, no, it's rather trivial to actually get off the battlefield, assuming you're okay with taking a turn off to to ramp or whatever but yeah i mean getting the the elemental with it also basically means that this is a four mana card that's giving you three mana uh it's you know split out over a few turns probably but it's still a lot of output for one four mana card yeah and again just that big dumb little kid green deck where you're going pelucranos into five drop and it, it it's pretty easy to see the ceiling go out of control on this so yeah very cool card you're right i ain't trying to do all that but you are right that's what i'm here for to be technically right and to create things that nobody actually wants to do technically correct the best kind of correct all right any uh closing thoughts to our overall rundown before we get into the top 10 later this week Nope. We'll be back end of this week with some top 10 action. I've enjoyed taking our time. Uh, This is just how I want to do sets from now on. Like just go through all the cards, talk about things that interest us, come back around for the top 10. Uh, I hope people have enjoyed it as well. It's it's much more fun to just get to explore everything. Yeah, I definitely agree. This just talking about like half the cards very quickly and not being able to absorb it as much and then trying to do a top 10 after that, I don't think is conducive to good results. So agree. I like, I like a little bit of a slower trickle, but yeah, uh, you get back to work. I'm going to get back to sleep and then we'll talk about magic cards in a few days. Cool. All right. I'm going to go watch this, uh, Tito Ortiz fight. Is that still a, no, don't, a UFC don't do fighter? That. Don't do that. They've they've all been concussed. It's it's not it's not fun. It's not good. Trust. Okay. Then I what I will do instead is uh watch off my balcony to see the behavior of these people <laughs> hooting hooting and hollering down there. I also don't think that that'll be very interesting, but to Oh, disagree, own. sir. As someone who has now for oh just like slightly over two weeks had uh, one of the most raucous bars in all of Auckland right outside his balcony window, I promise you there's Endless entertainment to be found, just staring off. Maybe more true in New Zealand than in America. I feel like I've seen that that stage in America more than enough for my lifetime, and I'm I'm kind of done with it. But maybe it feels more good natured here. Like as someone who lived it for a very long time as a bartender, it was often like kind of uh, grotesque and like angry and dangerous feeling and here it's just like uh it, it gets a little sing-songy sometimes they, they all uh, hug it out at the end you know yeah you see the lads out having a having a cold the one lads. so yeah so i i like the vibes better here all right that's fair as long as it has like you know feel good hallmark movie ending or whatever that's fine i definitely agree with your assessment of american bar culture and i'm not mm. so Agreed. Yeah. game game
Good luck.